Welcome to Upper Dogology, where I retrain your brain and introduce you to the world of cognitive behavioral therapy for dogs over the age of six months. This episode is brought to you by a question that I got from a listener. Can positive reinforcement training reach the cognitive side of the brain? Good question, and one that I had to think about. This leads into a tip for integrating a rescued dog over six months into your family, and this tip combines positive reinforcement training with cognitive behavioral therapy. And I'm the kind of girl can roll like a guy, but I really don't know. If you're ready for the ride, I'm champagne. Hello, I'm Billy Grimm, your host and successful dogologist for three decades. So here's a quick explanation of what cognitive skills are. So a working memory and when you uh, rank what's important in your memory, recognition, recognition of objects, long-term memorization, perspective thinking. So we all know that cognitive behavioral therapy perception is what we're changing. So the ability to do that, the ability to pay attention things like that. Puppies have a small percentage of cognitive skills or their genetic makeup does. So their their brain, they can have cognitive skills, something like they remember sit and they remember that they get a treat when they sit. Very basic, very simple. And that allows them to learn the difference between wanted behavior and unwanted behavior. So, you know, the ability to house train and to learn basic commands. Canine enrichment exercises or dog cognition These are commonly exercises and games that reach the cognitive side of the brain. And what I mean by that is they encourage or bring out those cognitive skills that I spoke of a few minutes ago. And I I actually don't do canine enrichment or dog cognition, but for the people who do those, they are pulling out memory, object permanence, object differentiation, even emotions and decision-making skills, and the fact to remember that a certain behavior or a certain action has a result So my last two episodes talk about those and give specific examples, which uh, those episodes got great reviews and they're they're fun and they're interesting if you want to go back and listen to those. So dogs can uh, do this to a larger degree and have more difficult exercises than puppies because they have a larger percentage of cognitive skills in their genetic makeup. Canine enrichment games and dog exercises often use positive reinforcement training to complete those exercises. So they're combining positive reinforcement training in order to apply canine enrichment. So let's say a handler teaches object differentiation, a ball versus a rabbit toy versus a bear toy versus a rope toy, and they'll use different words to differentiate that. They will teach the dog what object is affiliated with the different word. And then they'll use a treat as a reinforcement when the dog chooses the right object. So they are using positive reinforcement training to complete an exercise that reaches the cognitive side of the brain. And this is great. And these exercises stimulate cognition. Canine enrichment exercises can also increase the bond, can stimulate brain function. It can, it can even decrease anxiety of a lower level because they're reaching the same part of the brain that has that emotion. It stimulates the fear, and it creates a bond. These exercises can also provide options, and that's part of cognition. The dog understands that he has options, and that understanding is good. And the exercise that they might do, for example, is put a treat in a different room and then allow the dog a couple different options to get to that room or different options to get to the treat. And agility does that as well. You know, you could go 
through the tube or over the ramp. And that's, that's stimulating cognition. The part that is reaching the cognitive side of the brain is not the treat or the reward. It's the actual exercise. When trainers or these dog cognition experts provide behavioral advice or rehabilitation techniques, they commonly revert back to operant conditioning, to techniques grounded in operant conditioning. In other words, they take the treat or the reward. The nature of positive reinforcement training, which is grounded in operant conditioning, relies on rewards to encourage wanted behavior. And that's absolutely okay. And it's effective often. It's not relying on the cognitive skills. It's relying on the reward that taught the exercises that reached the cognitive part of the brain. So upper dogology does not rely on the reward, although the basic platform exercises are taught using rewards. So I talk about this in season one. I talk about the difference between a contrived reward versus that of an opportunity-driven reward. And opportunity-driven rewards are more likely to reach the cognitive side of the brain because the dog decides them prior to the implementation of the command being taught or the exercise being taught. So a contrived reward would be like a a treat or something that the human decides the dog wants, whereas an opportunity-driven reward is when the dog's brain has already decided the reward. So cognitive behavioral therapy takes the platform exercises and transfers those to increasingly difficult situations in order to change perception, to change behavior. Often, we do use options to do that. They're not the same as the options in the exercises such as going through a tube or going over a ramp. So our platform skills have to be relevant and they have to be transferable. If we get in a situation and a dog doesn't choose the right option, then we have to go back and build our platform skills. There's no negative that the dog can do. The dog does what the dog does. If our platform skills aren't strong enough or aren't correlative to our goal, then we need to go back and build our platform skills. And I'll give an example here that um, a professor uh, uses because he teaches students. The form or the way that he teaches his students is grounded in cognitive behavioral therapy. So he provides his students with skills that allow them to learn. Those skills are the platform skills. So the example that he used is making soup. If his students want to make a spicy soup or a different student wants to make a thick soup or a different student wants to make a vegetable-based soup. Each student has different ingredients, so to speak, in their cupboard that allows them to reach their goal. And if they don't have a thickener in in their ingredients cupboard, they need to get one if their goal is to make a thick soup. So that is why cognitive behavioral therapy is creative and why the application is important. It's, cognitive behavioral therapy is just, it's really, really fun. It's creative and it's a whole different mindset because you're not thinking about right versus wrong. You're thinking about, hmm, how can I reach my goal? What skills do I need? And then you actually apply them. So same with the soup. You need to actually add those ingredients and see what happens. See, are you reaching your goal? Are you getting there? Hmm, you know, the soup can do no wrong. So to answer the question brought forth by my listener who happens to be a scientist, Yes, positive reinforcement training can encourage cognitive skills. But inherently in operant conditioning, the use of reinforcements to address behaviors do not change perception to change behavior. Cognitive behavioral therapy does that. So the positive reinforcement training exercises 
can help establish those platform skills. But it unto itself is grounded in operant conditioning. I was just on a podcast that will air at the end of April. It's called Vet Blast with Dr. Adam Chrisman, who also has DVM 360. We discuss the success that vets are having with bringing negative reinforcement trainers and and some of those balance trainers over to the positive reinforcement side, which is great. Then we carried on to talk about how scientists and vets are recognizing the need to find a method grounded in cognitive behavioral therapy. And their goal, of course, is to decrease euthanasia due to behavioral reasons. So they recognize the inherent limitations in positive reinforcement training. And limitations may sound like a negative word, but it's just simply because operant conditioning is one way of working with not only dogs, but humans and other species. Cognitive behavioral therapy is a different way. So having both in mainstream dog training is really the goal. I was also recently on the TV show Talk of the Town with Lisa Peters, and we were talking about tips to bring a dog over six months into your family. I gave a very simple suggestion, which combines positive reinforcement training with cognitive behavioral therapy. So if a dog goes into a foster home, it is very common for fosters, excuse me, for fosters to teach basic commands and basic exercises. So for example, they might put a treat on the floor and have the dog sit and stay and then say something like, okay, and the dog goes and gets the treat. When they go to place that dog in a new home, they will often say that dog is treat motivated. What actually the dog is, is has skills. Those dog, that dog, instead of just ticking the boxes and saying, yes, the dog can sit or yes, the dog can stay and then go get a treat, treat motivated. It's not the treat that changes the perception. It's the exercise and that exercise can be taught to the new home. So the new owner can use that same words, say, for example, sit, stay and okay. Then the dog views that person as knowing what they know, that they learned from that other person who was super great and nice, and now they're changing the perception of that person. The dog is thinking, wow, you're brilliant. You know what I know. So you're actually drawing off of what the dog already knows instead of maybe switching to sit, wait, and go. The dog's thinking, I don't know what you're talking about. But as soon as you use what that dog already knows, and not even just for treats, that could be to get in and out a door or to get in and out of the car, all sorts of things incorporated into this dog's life. That dog views you as knowing what he already knows. And that's bonding and it changes his perception of the new owner. I always encourage questions and feedback, so thanks so much for that from Amy. And of course, I encourage everyone to visit my website and check out my Instagram post, that's Upper Dogology, because they both provide a ton of information, lots of client posts, as well as just information on cognitive behavioral therapy and different uh, training techniques. Please follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Those are all Upper Dogology. I'm also on Clubhouse and LinkedIn. For both of those, I'm under Billy Groom. These platforms also have uh, updates on my guest appearances and my upcoming courses and podcasts. Thanks so much for all you do for the dogs and enjoy your learning journey.